The following program is underwritten in part by Schmidt's Naturals. Smell seriously amazing and support animal conservation with Schmidt's special edition Lily of the Valley Natural Deodorant. Created in collaboration with the Jane Goodall Institute, 5% of each purchase goes to animals in the wild. Learn more and pick up your stick now at schmitz.com. The following program is also underwritten in part by... My dog Annie recently broke her leg. Thankfully, she's protected by Embrace Pet Insurance. Embrace offers one simple plan for unexpected accidents and illnesses. To learn more, visit EmbracePetInsurance.com. Policies underwritten by a licensed insurer of American Modern Insurance Group. Coverage subject to policy terms and conditions. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio. Featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Such a good listener. Such a good listener. That patronizing. I'm sorry. I didn't mean it like that. But we do it to our dogs and we love them like family, right? Yeah, but I don't think they like that either. They probably don't. Some might. I don't know. If you have a question about your dog, your cat, your flamingo, whatever animal you have, give us a call right now, toll-free, 1-866-405-8405. And you can also ask your questions from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone, Android, and BlackBerry. And uh, between your calls today, we're going to have a couple of great guests, Sandy Ward, author Sandy Ward. And she, uh, she writes those disclaimers at the end of medical commercials, medicine commercials that you see on TV. And on oh, the radio, yes. you know the oh, about the side effects. Yeah, yeah, may cause diarrhea, blindness, <laughs> sexual dysfunction. Call your doctor if your depression worsens or you have unusual changes in behavior. Call your doctor if you have high fever, stiff muscles, and confusion, or if you have uncontrollable muscle movements, as these could become permanent. In some cases, extreme high blood sugar can lead to coma or death. Dizziness upon standing, seizures, trouble swallowing, and impaired judgment or motor skills. Adding Abilify has made a difference for me. Those at the end, she writes those. And you're probably saying, why would we have her on the show? Because <laughs> she's also written some amazing novels about cats in the cat's point of view or from the cat's point of view. So they're mm-hmm. really kind of cool. Uh, she'll be joining us this hour. Next hour, we're going to visit with Gideon Kidd. And if you're a longtime listener of Animal Radio, you may remember Gideon Kidd. He was, uh, I believe, nine years old at the time. I believe he's 10 now. And his mission is to pet a million dogs. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah. And he has his own Twitter feed, which has, I think, about 100,000 or so followers. He has uh, all these pictures of him petting dogs all across everywhere. I believe his town. Jeez. And when we spoke to him last, he was at about 360, 400 Mm -hmm. dogs that he had pet. So we'll find out. Yeah, I can't wait to see where he's at today. He's a fun kid. He'll be joining us next hour right here on Animal Radio. Lori, what are you working on for this hour? Well, it's not the state that you would expect, because I I know what you're thinking. But there is a state that has become the first in the country to ban elephants and other exotic animals from, you know, appearing in their state, doing circuses and live shows and stuff like that. So it's not what you're thinking. It's not not the state you're thinking. I know it's not. Oh, I bet you don't know what I'm thinking, because I think it is the state that I'm thinking, because they've been doing some pretty amazing animal legislation as of late. Yeah. So, hmm. really? Yes. Stick around for that. Lori will have news at the bottom of the hour. Can we go to the phones now? Let's go to the phones. I want to go to line one that's been blinking for a while now. Poor little line one never gets any attention. It doesn't, does it? (laughs) I believe we have Paul on the phone. Hey, Paul, how are you doing? Just fine. How are you today? Good. How can we help you? Well, I'd like to speak to Dr. Debbie about uh, an allergy problem with my 
miniature schnauzer. Yeah, you didn't recognize her today because she has this uh, ponytail thing going on. A little pigtail thing. sound very young. <laughs> What's going on with your schnauzers? Well, I have two, and uh, they're three and a half years old. And one is fine. Uh, after two years of feeding the same feed, I, I feed lamb and rice, uh, pedigree lamb and rice. Okay. She developed a skin allergy. I've had her to the vet three times. I spent a little over $1,000 at this point. Wow. And uh, the vet uh, keeps giving me different medications. Now, there's one medication he gave me for her ears that work real well. Her ears actually, the allergy actually closes her ears up, and it works real well, but she still has problems with her skin. Okay, what does she have going on with the skin? What's it look like? It's red and inflamed, but at one point she lost all the hair on her stomach, and now it's all come back. Uh, I give her a bath every every week when I come in off the road. She, they, the kids stay home with Mama uh, while I'm on the road. Uh-huh. And I give her a bath every week with the special oatmeal shampoo. It smells. It has an odor. Like uh, I even mentioned to the vet, I thought uh, it smelled like um, maybe a uh, yeast infection. Like because, old socks. <laughs> yeah, it does, and her yeah. her fur gets out almost sticky. Okay, yeah, yeah. And uh, then uh, when I give her the bath, she seems a lot better. The next morning, it isn't as inflamed, and then by the time I get home the next week, we start all over again. Okay. So you're trying a bunch of different medical regimens. Has that included, um, you mentioned some antihistamines. Has that included any other type of anti-itch medicines, antibiotics, any other types of products? He seems to be really be uh, hooked on Benadryl, and I, I I don't want her living on Benadryl the rest of her life. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Is there any problem with her taking Benadryl for an extended period of time? You know, there's really not as long as, you know, everything else is healthy. Um, and, and for some pets with mild allergies, there's absolutely nothing wrong with treating them with an antihistamine um, almost as a sole therapy. The problem becomes when we have a pet that their itch or their skin disease is, is bad enough that that just doesn't do enough. So um, if that's a situation for your baby, then I'm going to say, yeah, I would like to address some of the other things that may be present. And one big thing that you said is that smell, that kind of stinky smell where, there's actually like a sticky feel to the skin, there's probably other things kind of tagging along with um, allergies at that point. So allergies kind of trigger this whole cascade of other things in the body, yeast infection, bacterial infections. Um, so there's other things that I would do. And I usually like, at my office, I like to get a little progressive about some of these things. I take skin sa- skin, skin sa- samples, say that a lot of times, <laughs> five times fast, <laughs> and look under the microscope because we learn a lot when we look at the surface of the skin. And it may very well be that uh, we need to try an antibiotic round, Um, We may need to try oral yeast medicines um, to treat what is actually going on in that surface of the skin. Kind of like that, you know, that one commercial where those little green guys are dancing around and they're having a good time down in the people's lungs. That's the way I like to look at the skin is that there's other stuff dancing around there that we just can't focus on just the allergies alone. Uh, That being said... (laughs) <laughs> well, I I'm, I'm not dissing your vet because, like I said, Benadryl is, is great in some situations. But um, And then the other thing we look at with allergies is that we can treat allergies symptomatically. We can't cure them, um, but we can also take a step further and try to find out ways that we can avoid 
them, um, certain triggers, or we can try to kind of change the immune system a bit to try to make it react differently to those allergens. So for some pets, allergy testing is a way to go, either doing that with a skin testing, um, usually through a dermatologist, um, or through a blood testing. So there's a lot of other things we can try in that realm if we really want to get to the nitty-gritty there. Um, okay. Now, medication you spoke wise. a lot about uh, food allergies. Mm-hmm. Uh, she sure. had the same food all her life. She doesn't get any people food at all. Uh, the only time she gets treats is on the weekends when Daddy's home, and mm-hmm. uh, that's chicken. I stay completely away from beef because I have a pet skunk also. And, ah. <laughs> uh, the skunk can't eat beef at all. So, yeah, food allergies can play definitely a role with, you know, layering on top of uh, inhaling allergies or what we call the seasonal allergies. So not, nothing's wrong with lamb and rice. Um, it used to be a great allergy diet many, many years ago, but eventually pets can get sensitized to that. So um, it might be worthwhile to switch to a, an alternate protein, maybe something like a duck potato-based food or a venison-based food, and to go with that for a couple months and see if, you know, some of the skin signs, if there's any improvement, because it really can make a difference for a good proportion of, pe- of people, pets out there. I'm having trouble with the peas today. What is this here? <laughs> but I would definitely give that give that a whirl there, Paul. I mean, um, you know, okay, if you're not happy with what smart or... I would work work through a veterinarian because um, we really want to go with um, a special hypoallergenic diet. So not that there's not good general foods out there, but if we're working for allergies, we want to get your pet on the right thing. Make sure you're getting the best bang for your buck, um, and, and your vet veterinarian can you direct you the best way there. Should my wife not... separate the two girls at feeding time and feed her the the special diet? I sure would. Yeah. One? Okay. Yeah, unless your other pet had the same problem, um, but I don't see a reason because in a lot of these cases, you know, we treat the food as a type of medication almost, so we don't really need to give it to the other dog. You know, we're not going to probably do that. I so, was yeah, so but... happy you people came on to XM. Oh, well, thank you very much. So uh, are we. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> you're very informative, and you're also very entertaining. Oh, well, good. Thank you very much. Thanks, Dad. Thank I thank you very, very much. <laughs> Paul, we appreciate your call today, one 405 8405 I think it's so fun to have brand new listeners. You know, if you're new, we'd love to hear from you. You don't have to call in just because your animal's sick or there's something adverse going on in on in 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 on in your life. <laughs> stuttering Spit it out, Hal. It's like. contagious, Hal. <laughs> well, this portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Something Worth Saving. Yeah, cozy up with your furry friend for a great read. Something Worth Saving by Sandy Ward. It's wonderfully touching and surprisingly funny about a fiercely loyal cat named Lily and this unbreakable bond she shares with her human. This cat's clever and observant. Lily knows that you don't have to be the biggest or the strongest to fight for the ones you love. You can find Something Worth Saving everywhere books are sold. And learn more about Sandy at sandywardbooks.com. And thanks, Sandy, for underwriting Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. And now an Animal Radio News Brief. 
Dog owners are in the majority in the U.S. According to the latest American Pets poll, 52% prefer pups as a pet, while just 21% would rather have a cat. But few people believe in the stereotypical crazy cat lady or man. Just 23% think cat owners are weirder than dog owners. And the feline family rules when it comes to less convention and animal companions. Just over a quarter would choose a tiger if they were to have an exotic pet. Giraffes take second place with nods from about 20%. 18% would have a pet dinosaur. Well, that's pretty hard to come by. You probably pay a lot to get a pet dinosaur. 16% would welcome an elephant into their family. And polar bears are popular among 14% of people. But just 6% think an alligator would make a really good pet. I'm Stacy Cohen. Get more animal breaking news at animalradio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Brief. Get more at animalradio.pet. If Ernest Hemingway was alive today, would he say this to you? Shakespeare, Mark Twain, Edgar Allan Poe, all great writers. And after reading your book, I simply must add you to the list. Wait, you don't have a book yet. So make a free call to Page Publishing. Their expert staff can help you turn your book idea into a real book, a masterpiece that could someday make the bestseller list in hard copy and digitally all across the world. Page Publishing can help you completely take your idea for a book, write it, and publish it. So if you want to join the ranks of some of the most famous authors in the world, call now for a free information kit. Turn your book idea into publishing gold. Make a free call right now to Page Publishing. 888-785-0618. That's 888-785-0618. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Have you downloaded the Animal Radio app yet? We can wait. No, we, we, we actually can't wait. You'll have to do that uh, either while we're yapping away or after the show. It's free, so you should download it for your iPhone or your BlackBerry or your Android device. And you can ask your questions of Dr. Debbie whenever you desire, right from the app, as well as get recalls and notifications that really affect your animals. It's free. Download it now. Head on over to your app store and put in Animal Radio app. And uh, we're going to go back to the phones in just a couple of seconds here. Judy is screening calls. Also this hour, author Sandy Ward, she's just around the corner. I did tell you what she does for a living during the day, right? Yeah. Did what I say she that? do? She writes those disclaimers at the end of medicine commercials. But she's an admit. Yeah, somebody has to do it, right? I guess so. I know. <laughs> Call your doctor if you have coma or death. All those side effects that they have to list. There are worse jobs, but she's also an amazing author, and she's written a book from her, from a cat's point of view. I was going to say her cat's point of view. I'm not sure if it is. She's on the way in just a couple of minutes. Lori is going to do a check of the news at the bottom of the hour, as we do at the bottom of every hour. And uh, what do you have for this hour? I'm going to tell you about a former president's daughter writing a picture book for kids about animals. Got a good purpose to it. one 405 8405 Hey, Kevin, how are you doing? Ah, doing great today. How about yourself? Very good. Where are you calling from? Tyler, Texas. Tyler, Texas. How can we help you, Tyler, Texas? Well, I've got a little... We've got a, 
We've got a menagerie of animals at our house and have for years, about 11 dogs and six cats. Wow. Holy cow, you got a house full yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we live out in the country, so it's all <laughs> legal, legal. But uh, we've had this little terrier mix in the family for over 12 years. And uh, she has got a chronic uh, nasal discharge, and it's bloody. And has had for about six weeks. We've had her on antibiotics. We've been working with our, our vet. Uh, even started her on thyroid to help clotting, he was saying. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we've been giving her a little Benadryl with the vet's permission to try to dry her up a little bit. But okay. she just snorts and, and coughs and, and just has a terrible time with this. Oh, also removed her front two teeth because of abscesses. Oh, Okay teeth had gotten bad and she's older and uh, we figured she had an abscess and that's why we pulled those teeth uh, okay haven't been able to get a handle on this thing and when they pulled the teeth did that seem to change the discharge in any way or no not really okay so as far as in i'm assuming if they've done all that they probably also looked at doing some basic lab work uh yes uh we even uh lavaged her nose out with a catheter and took mm-hmm. some cells and sent them down to Texas A&M, and they were, they were not neoplastic, uh, no, no cancer. Okay. Um, but I was curious, is, do dogs tend to develop polyps like people? Mm-hmm. Sure can, yeah. And and actually, what, what you're describing with this bloody discharge, we call that basically epistaxis, is the fancy word for a bloody nose. Um, and in an older dog, I'd have to say that some of the things, it sounds like your veterinarian's done a, a pretty thorough job of kind of working things up and getting the most likely things eliminated. Um, in an older pet with a bloody nose and all those other things that have been kind of checked out, I have to be honest that, that cancer is still pretty high on the top of my list. Um, and uh, sometimes we can't always tell um, unless we go up there with a scope, look up in the nose, and take a little bit higher or deeper biopsy. So that would still be a big concern. But a lot of times we can definitely see dental um, infections causing a bloody nose, um, and especially because some of those teeth have really deep roots up there, and um, that could certainly you know, potentially cause a pet to have a bloody nose. And then I'd say probably the next Next thing we see a lot is where a dog might have a foxtail or a piece of grass that's worked its way up into the nasal cavity. Um, and that's where, you know, flushing it out sounds like that's what maybe we're hoping to attempt um, if that was there. But ultimately, we might get to where we have to get, get that um, endoscopy or the scoping um, up the nose to really figure that one out. Um, and you said you're in Texas there, huh? Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, because another thing we think of in certain parts of the country, and, and um, you know, perhaps they've checked for it. If not, I would ask about fungal infections as a potential right. cause of um, the nasal problem. Um, there's different types of funguses, believe it or not, in the soil all over the country, and they're different in different parts of the country. Um, out by us, we have one called valley fever or coccidiomycosis um, in the right. desert southwest. It's fairly common, and that can potentially cause some problems. So um, there's some blood tests for fungal uh, organisms that you can have done um, but otherwise a lot of this really falls to getting a good look up the nose and going up there without that little scope to see what we can find um, and and I think some of the therapies they've tried are reasonable antibiotics antihistamines um, the thyroid medication can help if we're worried about a bleeding disorder so all of those things sound like they're right along the right line but I, I 
he'd really be worried about something a little bit more involved than that at this point. Okay. Well, I appreciate it. Okay. Well, give your baby a hug for us, Kevin, and hope that helps things out. one 405 to talk to any one of the Dream Team right now. This portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Embrace Pet Insurance, providing nose-to-tail accident and illness coverage for your dog or cat that can be customized to fit your budget and needs. Simply take your dog or cat to any vet, submit a claim form, and get reimbursed quickly. For more information, visit EmbracePetInsurance.com to get a quote. And thanks, Embrace, for underwriting Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Hi, this is Paul Rogers and Cynthia Rogers on Animal Radio. Just know that it's going to be all right, meow. (laughs) (laughs) The Blackloud Sound.AF1 headsets have a built-in FM receiver with dual dynamic drivers and customizable EQ and sound effect settings. They're capable of delivering beautiful sound from rich bass to detailed treble. You can always tune directly to any FM radio station for sports, music, weather, and emergency broadcasts without internet access. Visit www.blackloud.com, create your account, and order Sound.AF1 by inputting the radio station code to get the special 10% off discount. Get 10% off Sound.AF with promo code ANIMALRADIO. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Lori Brooks. General Mills, which makes, you know, Cheerios, Tricks, those good cereals, and Yoplait yogurt products, is hoping that pet food is going to help it fight lagging cereal and snack sales. If your pet eats Blue Buffalo brand, then this is good news for you. The company says it plans to double distribution of Blue Buffalo, expanding the number of places it's sold to, in the very near future, include uh, places like grocery stores, drugstores, and even big box retailers like Target. And in addition to increasing distribution, General Mills wants to develop more blue buffalo wet food and pet treats. Uh, Good news, if you feed that brand, Americans spent $32 billion on pet food last year. So they're looking in the right place to make more money. New Jersey has become the first state in the country to ban elephants and other exotic animals from traveling performances like circuses. Nosey's law was signed into law by the governor of New Jersey last month. Nosey, the elephant for whom the law is named after, is an African elephant once owned by a Florida-based animal show operator that was rescued by animal advocates who really saved her life. So New York and Illinois, meantime, have prohibited the use of elephants, specifically elephants in traveling shows. But this broader New Jersey ban defines exotic animals as any species of mammal, bird, reptile, amphibian, fish, mollusk, or even a crustacean that is not indigenous to the states. And the New Jersey law also applies to fairs, parades, petting zoos, carnivals, and other live events. And Chelsea Clinton's career as a children's author is going pretty well. She's got a picture book about endangered animals called Don't Let Them Disappear, scheduled for release in April. It'll celebrate whales, tigers, and other animals. And this is her third book for kids. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. 
This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. Hi, this is Justin Tyler Ferguson from Modern Family. I'm on Animal Radio. Adopt a pet. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Radio, celebrating the connection with our pets. We will head back to the phones for calls for Dr. Debbie and Joy Volani in just a couple of minutes. Toll free at 1-866-405-8405. But first, we're going to visit with author Sandy Ward, who by day, uh, she's actually a medical advertising agency copywriter. And by night, she writes some amazing novels. Uh, she wrote The Astonishing Thing and the latest called Something Worth Saving, and she joins us now. Hi, welcome to the show, Sandy. Hi, thank you for having me. So, first of all, I want to know about your animals. I want to know, do, do you have animals? I do. Yes, I do. We have a, a big black cat named Winnie, uh-huh. who is a rescue cat from our local SPCA. We have a, a really nice big new shelter on the Jersey Shore. Cool. And they house hundreds of cats, uh, unfortunately, all looking for homes. But that's where I took my kids when we first adopted her. And she was just the friendliest, nicest, sweetest cat <laughs> that we saw in there. And we have her home now. And she's she's maybe 9 or 10 now. Um, and we also have a little dog named Jasper. He's a little fluffy white Maltese and very cute. He's a sweet lap dog and a couch potato and he likes to power nap a lot of the time and with intermittent bursts of energy. Um, and the cat's actually bigger than the dog when he's a, quite a bit bigger than Jasper is. But um, So those are our two pets. Do they get along? They do. In fact, when we first brought Winnie home as a kitten, she would try to cuddle with Jasper, and he would just politely move a little bit away from her. <laughs> um, but they do get along. I think he would enjoy it if she played with him more. He'll try to get her to chase him. She's not that interested. She'll just ignore him. But they get along fine. They're actually friends. Your stories are about uh, cats, or they're, they're actually from the cat's point of view. I wonder, even though these are different cats in the stories, do you use your kitties as muses for these? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Winnie is definitely my inspiration when I'm, you know, she loves to just sit in my lap or on the keyboard or by the computer <laughs> when I'm working or she'll attack the paper coming out of the printer. Um, so she's definitely an inspiration and probably Jasper as well. And I think just having them at home and seeing how they interact with the family and the kids, it just drives home that our pets are really a, a great support for any family. And when, you know, my family dramas are about families that are under a lot of stress. And sometimes people may forget that that puts the pets under a lot of stress as well. Uh, and, and they experience what we're experiencing, but that also makes them very empathetic companions. And they're, they can really be a great help and provide a lot of hope to people when things are going wrong in their families. I don't understand how you got a cat that does the same thing, sits on your keyboard, types for you and stuff. How come you don't have inspiration to do something like this? <laughs> well, I like the idea how the cats, you write from the cat's point of view. That's kind of fun. You know, that just kind of 
started as a as an experiment. I just thought it might be an interesting thing to do to write from an unexpected point of view or an un, have an unconventional narrator um, telling the story. But it's actually uh, it, it works out really well, and I enjoy it because the cat's voice is how I imagine it to be, which would be um, she's very loving and she's very loyal to her family members, but the cats are also a little bit sassy and sarcastic because that's how I imagine, you know, my cat's personality to be. So it gives them a little bit of humor and they can make funny comments about what the humans are doing. Sometimes the people are are doing things that the cat doesn't understand at all. Uh, You know, they're great... um, observers of what we're doing, whether we're being good or bad, whether, you know, the people in the family are doing something smart or foolish, the cat kind of, she's she's a good observer of everyone's behavior. So this book, the brand new one, Something Worth Saving, is about a boy and his cat, and without giving away the story, I certainly don't want to do that, give us a, a little bit of a tease, will you? Sure. So this it's really the story of a family undergoing some big changes. Um, what's happening when the story opens is that you learn that the cat narrator named Lily is really worried about two family members in particular. The first is Charlie, who is 14, and he's the youngest of three teenagers. The first chapter is actually called A Boy Named Charlie because he's Lily's favorite person in the world. But Lily has noticed that Charlie has some bruises on him, and she suspects that he's being bullied, maybe at school. So in that very first chapter, Charlie comes home from school early. He's been cutting out early a lot, and Lily thinks, well, maybe he's leaving school early because someone there is hurting him. And the reader also learns that recently the mom named Kate has kicked the dad, Jeremy, out of the house. Now, Lily knows that mom has her reasons for kicking him out, but she also knows dad really wants to come back home. And Lily hopes that mom will eventually give in and let him move back. So the reader kind of goes on this journey with Lily, the narrator, to try to figure out what is actually happening in the family and how she can help, how she she can help solve things. But I also see that there's a dog in the story. How does a dog come into play? (laughs) Yeah, well, I introduced, in my first novel, The Astonishing Thing, there were a few dogs in that story, but the cat really just ignored those dogs. She wanted nothing to do with them. Um, there was a little terrier that lived with the family who she didn't even call him a dog. She just called him not a cat because he wasn't a cat. <laughs> he wasn't as good as she was. Um, but in this story, I wanted to introduce a big, strong dog, and this is uh, Gretel. She's a German shepherd. She's a retired police dog. And I think if you think back in literature or uh, in TV or the movies, sometimes there are these big, strong, heroic dogs who can do amazing things. They can pull someone out of a burning building or jump into a river and save a drowning child. But a cat is a little bit limited. You know, a cat is small. She can't always go into these great heroic actions. And I wanted to introduce a dog who is really Lily's partner in helping out the family. So they're friends, Lily and Gretel. And Lily really admires Gretel's speed and strength. Um, She might sometimes make some jokes about her because she is the dog. But Gretel actually plays a key role in this story, and she's a major part of the plot. So it was kind of fun to be able to have both the cat and the dog as part of the story. Sounds like a lot of fun. If people want to learn more, they can head to your website at sandywardbooks.com. We're going to give out 10 copies of this book right now, Something Worth Saving by our friend Sandy Ward joining us right now. Uh, 1-866-405-8405 to get on through and pick up 
one of those books. If you're not lucky enough to get on through, head on over to Amazon or your favorite bookstore and ask for Something Worth Saving by Sandy Ward, spelled with an I, S-A-N-D-I. And during the day, you are a medical advertising agency copywriter. Are you the one that writes all those disclaimers at the end of uh, the, the medicine commercials? <laughs> yes, actually. Uh, yes, that is one of the things I do. I'm sorry to tell you. Um, I know people don't really enjoy those commercials, but that is part of what I'm paid to do. Yes. We all got a job. Thanks so much for visiting with us today. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I've enjoyed it. Take care of yourself. We're going to head back to the phones for your calls. 1-866-405-8405 next. Hey, this is Sean Hayes on Animal Radio. Remember to spay and neuter your pets. Something Worth Saving by Sandy Ward is a touching and funny exploration of family life as told by a highly perceptive and outspoken narrator named Lily, who happens to be a cat. Lily is a fiercely loyal friend to her human. So when things start happening in her family, she's ready to step up and prove that she may be tiny, but she's also mighty. Something Worth Saving will make you a believer in the deep connection between humans and their furry friends. Pick up a copy of Something Worth Saving today everywhere books are sold and visit sandywardbooks.com for more info. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Hi, Elliot. Hi. How are you doing today? I'm doing all right. What's going on with your pet? Dr. Debbie's right here. Okay, well, he's two and a half year old chihuahua. He's got a little bit of mini pin in him in about an eighth, 16th. But, uh, all his life, he's, his stools have been kind of thin and watery, or griots, or I call it uh, slimy. Uh, he got spoiled on people food, and I'm trying to get him back on regular dog food. Okay. It used to be if you could let him go hungry enough, he would start eating his dog food again. And he's been throwing up. Wow, we got a lot going on there, Elliot. And when you say slimy poops, he's always been that way. I mean, has that, have you varied his diet? Has he, was that when he was on predominantly dog food? Yeah, it was, well, actually, we got him when he was 10 weeks old. My son had him. And evidently, they started him on dog and people food from day one. But, yeah, his food's been me pretty much all his life. Okay. You know what? That really bothers me when I hear that he's always had some digestive disturbance. If he's always had loose poop and now intermittent vomiting, oh, gosh, you know, I'm going to say that, that with, this is really a health problem we're talking about and not so much just a diet preference issue. Um, the reason being is that we humans unknowingly create medical problems for our pets. And a great way to do that is to feed table food. And I can tell you I had a good intention pet owner just the other day fed prime rib to his pet. And wouldn't you know, vomiting and diarrhea ensued. It's not that it's a bad cut of meat. It's not that it was undercooked. It's just dogs thrive best digestively when they're on a consistent, stable diet. When we give them things that we eat, we're varying their diet from day to day and even from hour to hour. So it's best to try to stick to that food. Um, Now, the first thing I'm going to say is with that chronic digestive disturbance, I am going to, if he were here in my office, I would be doing fecal tests and I would be doing blood work on him and parasite tests because all of these things can cause chronic problems. And if we're not addressing that, all of my recommendations for trying to get him to eat a certain food are just going to be 
as worth as worthless as a piece of paper. So um, that's very important. And if you haven't already done a good examination and concern with your veterinarian, I'm going to recommend that and come armed with poop sample in hand to your veterinary visit for a concern like this. It it, it helps tremendously to have that poop information up front and uh, visible for the veterinarian to look at. So that's your first part of your homework there. Um, yeah, now, I'm over the road. I'm going to have to try to get home or find a vet somewhere out here on the road. Uh, yes, absolutely. I'm and, worried and about it. He's my little baby. Absolutely. And, you know, with traveling, you, that does open up a whole additional uh, can of worms, if you will, as far as when it comes to things like parasites and intestinal worms. So if you're traveling a lot all across the country, and he's going with you, I'm assuming? Yes. Okay, so, you know, this, this fellow, more than any other dog, a traveling pet needs to be on regular heartworm preventative and regular deworming for internal parasites. If you're not already on that, that, too, will kind of give you extra weight to get, get him to the veterinarian because we need to be doing that for his health and preventative care. He's um, for another heartworm pill, and I uh, uh, haven't dewormed him in a while. I guess I should start doing that, before, you know, before I get to it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, and then I guess if we could fast forward and say his health is good and we're just looking at how do we get a picky eater to eat, uh, there's a lot of tips there. And it's hard if us humans complicate the situation by feeding from the table or feeding treats. So some general strategies are to set the food down, keep it down for about 15 minutes, 20 minutes, and then to remove it. For a picky eater, that would be very important to set a mealtime strategy and get the pet in the mindset that this is when food is offered and this is when it goes away. If he knows an hour later you're going to give him something off the, off of your plate, he's, he's going to hold out for that. And dogs will go three days or more without eating, just with the battle of wills. And yeah. uh, you have to de- kind of design your line in the sand. For everyone, it's different. For me, it's three days. And that's how long I will go without a pet eating barring that they're in good health and everything else is fine. And, um, you know, if you stick to that tough love, you can do it. Now, the other things you can do would be to increase the the dog's exercise. Um, More exercise and more calories you burn, the more you're going to eat. Unfortunately, it is true. And all of us people trying to lose weight, that you don't want to hear that. But it does rev your metabolism. So getting some daily exercise is important. And then setting up some structure to the feeding time. So we're going to talk about setting the time, but also certain bowls. Some pets prefer plates. Some prefer bowls. Some just like to eat off of a dog mat. So you have to find what is best for your dog, what they like, and to really reward the eating behavior. So that means we don't want to reward the lack of eating, which many humans do, where we we baby talk the dog. Oh, good doggy, good doggy, good doggy. But they're not doing anything good. They're sitting there staring at a full bowl and not eating. So you want to right. reward your dog when he's eating and, and hold back that praise when he's not. And uh, work on those diet strategies there. But I would say that I think a good health exam and maybe even a special diet uh, for potential uh, food allergies and such might be in your doggy's reality here if we can uh, get you lined up with your veterinarian and then working on some of these behavioral tips there. Good luck with that, Elliot. 1-866-405-8405 to connect with Dr. Debbie or any one of the Dream Team. This portion of Animal Radio is underwritten in part by Schmidt's Naturals. Smell seriously amazing and support animal conservation with Schmidt's Special Edition. Lily of the Valley Natural Deodorant. Created in collaboration with the Jane Goodall Institute, 5% of each purchase supports animals in the wild. 
You can learn more over at Schmitz.com. And thanks, Schmitz, for underwriting Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Hello, this is Jane Goodall on Animal Radio. And I'd just like everybody to realize that each day you live, you make some difference on the planet. And you can choose what kind of difference you're going to make. And hopefully every day you'll try to make the world a little bit better for people, for animals, and for the environment. People say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers. Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Red Barn canned food for cats and dogs is grain and gluten-free. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And this hour, Gideon Kidd will be joining us. Remember Gideon? We spoke to him in June. Oh, you weren't here. <laughs> well, welcome to the show. I'll tell you all about Gideon. He's 10 years old now. I believe he's 10. He was nine yes. in June. So he he's should ten. be 10. Should right. be about 10. Good 50-50 chance that he's 10 by now. And he was going around trying to pet a million dogs. This was his mission. This is his goal. It was so adorable. Taking pictures everywhere he went. He would take pictures of him petting dogs and putting oh, them up awesome. on the website. That's so cute. Amazing amount of followers on Twitter. I told him we'd check in with him in six months, and it is six months, so we'll find out where he is in his mission to pet a million dogs. And that's going to happen this hour right here on Animal Radio. We're going to go to the phones in just a couple of minutes. Toll free, 1-866-405-8405. Don't forget, you can ask your questions from the Animal Radio app. It's for iPhone or Android or BlackBerry. So go ahead and download that puppy. Now, the other cool thing about that app is if there's ever a recall, you'll be notified immediately. Let's face it, ladies and gentlemen. There's been a lot of food recalls lately, and I, I suspect there will be more. Yes, unfortunately. Last hour, Lori reported about General Mills getting into the food business, the pet food business. <laughs> Who isn't anymore? It's very lucrative. That's why they're doing it. Lori, what are you working on for this hour? You know, I, I would bet that it's one of your favorite articles of clothing. Well, not yours, Hal, but probably Judy's, and, and one of mine, too, and now they have this wonderful article of clothing that we women love, that they're making it for dogs. Hmm. <laughs> it's not dog lingerie, you guys is it? I, I, am, I am, No, it's not. But I'm so excited about this because it's a great idea. It's got fashion. It's got a purpose. It's all kinds of good things about it. Oh, why would you guess lingerie? You think lingerie is comfortable for a woman? That's only that's think ladies love lingerie. No, that's they? only something that's excellent point. T- there, it's excellent it's point on point. and off so fast because it's so uncomfortable. And who wants to wear that? We want to wear something comfortable, don't we, ladies? We want it on and off pretty fast. Yeah, I well, that's guys... that's lingerie. That's not something that's long term. That's not. <laughs> do you see us? I left the room. Do you see women sitting around <laughs> watching TV and lingerie? No, with I, popcorn and, you know, and their slippers? No. I really don't see women lounging around the TV. It's just me and the kitty pretty no. much most of the time. Poor okay, Hal. so on the way, we'll find out what this article of clothing is with Miss Lori Brooks at the bottom of the hour. Mm-hmm. First of your calls. And we go to Jim. Hey, Jim, how you doing? 
Oh, very good. Thank you. What's going on in your world? Well, two things I wanted to say that you never mentioned before, but I'm sure you'll agree with. When I was younger, actually about late 20s, I had this spot in my living room that was a little bare, and I got the idea, you know what would be good there? A parrot. <laughs> so I went out and bought a cockatoo, thinking I'd get a nice cage, put a pretty parrot in it, and it'd be a good decoration. Yeah. Boy, did I learn a lesson. I bet. Man, the attention those things need that I learned over the years, and I bet there's still a lot of people who don't realize, especially a cockatoo. Yeah, and they'll outlive you, too, won't they? Yeah, yeah and, and it's like having a kid. Yeah, except they, they don't wanna, go to college. They and... want to be with you all the time. <laughs> At least with the kid, they have a chance of going off and becoming like a football player or a rock star and supporting right. you in your... Yep. Very true, yeah. But but my question was, and I'm sure you get this sometimes, um, I know it's difficult, but have you ever heard of any suggestions to help with a cockatoo as far as the screaming goes? Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. And, Jim, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to chide you on this because a new lamp fills a space in your house, but the pet <laughs> does not. Oh. <laughs> and, 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 and exactly, as far as um, birds, um, you know, birds are some of the most needy pets out there. You know, they're flock animals, they're social creatures, and if you were to come into my office and say, hey, Doc, I want to get a first bird for me, what species would you pick? Um, I would certainly not say a cockatoo, unless you had a lot of time to spend. Because sure. these guys, they do. They are like, we call them toddlers, because they do yeah. require constant attention, and they really need a lot of social stimulation, or they'll turn into little demons, screaming, picking their feathers out so they look like a pluck pluck chicken and um so they really are not good starter birds to start with a little bird a little parakeet or a cockatiel might be the better beginner bird for someone yeah so, i learned that lesson yeah. he's learned his lesson dr debbie yeah, he, he, way he off of picking, him. just like you said he started picking his feathers and everything yeah, well, and I'm not trying to, you know, make him feel bad, but for other people that may be considering birds, we want to learn from, you know, other folks' mistakes. So, you know, right. definitely. Um, now, screaming is, it's a hard thing as far as in a parrot to correct. The better way we can deal with this is to prevent it. Um, so that's going to be a lot of making sure we've picked the right bird for our household and that we're providing the right stimulation. But to correct this, you know, we have to look at what is triggering the bird to uh, vocalize. And when they're screaming, you know, some birds are going to scream no matter what a couple times a day. That's kind of a natural bird behavior. We're not sure. going to stop this completely. Um, the thing is to find out what the bird is motivated, what is causing them to scream. And this can be when a When we leave the room, as long as we're in the room and the bird can see us, he's pretty good. But the uh -huh. minute we walk out of the room, he thinks, hey, you get back in here. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, he's just, in, in bird language, what he's doing is he's saying, hey, where you going? No, what yeah. you, hey. And, you uh -huh. know, a lot of times when birds scream and vocalize excessively, the human instinct is, shut up, quiet, uh -huh. don't know that. And, and you are actually responding in a way that actually rewards that behavior if you do that. Because um, right. any attention that you give a bird that screams in the situation, you're actually just feeding that behavior. They're happy you're just acknowledging them. They don't really care what you're saying or your tone or it's loud or quiet. So th the real big thing there is we need to work on a lot of things environmentally. So a lot of times birds will do this kind of thing also because they're bored and they don't have a lot 
that other stimulation. So sure. there may be some changes we do in the cage. Um, there's a, a wonderful feeding method called forage feeding, where we take away the food bowls and we teach the bird how to forage again, like they do in the wild, where they pick up the food from the floor, and it actually gives them something to do so they don't just sit in a cage and wait for us to entertain them. Um, right. So that's one incorporation I like to do for a lot of different behavior problems for birds. Um, but what we need to do, just like with dogs that excessively bark, is we have to find those opportunities when when the bird is quiet to reward her. And yep. we reward with attention. We speak to her, maybe give a food treat. And the trick is when we are vocalizing and screaming inappropriately, when we we don't want that behavior. You don't pay any attention. You don't make eye contact. You don't roll your eyes. You don't sigh. You don't yell at the bird. You can't even acknowledge it because any of that is actually feeding feeding that. Um, gotcha. And it actually can be very helpful for birds that, that scream if we teach them something else to do besides screaming. So um, I have some clients that don't like their birds whistling, but it is something that can take the place of that screaming behavior. So you mm-hmm. start whistling and teaching them a ditty. Um, if they talk, that's an alternate behavior they can't do while they're screaming. screaming. So we really work on that and try to get that together. And, uh, you know, this is something that it can be daunting. <laughs> it can be yes. more daunting to deal with a bird screaming, I think, than a barking dog. Um, because, right. you know, some species, they're, you know, conures and, and parrots. It hurts. It literally hurts the ears I at bet. times. I bet. <laughs> yeah. Well, so yeah. the lesson here is is if there's a bare spot in your living room, <laughs> right. perhaps not a cockatoo is uh, is the no, answer. No, no. Don't, don't think you're just getting something that's going to be simple at all it, it doesn't work like that okay jim thank you so much okay thank good you luck very with that much. we appreciate it one 405 8405 you know i want to mention while it is dr debbie time that oh okay your books your <laughs> books are really good i you know i you know i figured oh she's writing some books you know everybody does everybody tries it you know to, to write a book but your uh, your books I actually got them from Kindle and I have an iPad I don't have a Kindle mm-hmm. and there's a brand new application for you folks that have iPads that want to read a Kindle book but dr. Debbie's books Yorkshire Terrier Shih Tzus, pugs and mini schnauzers how to be your dog's best friend very educational very fun a lot of fun facts and I encourage everybody listening to check them out you were riveted to him you I were was. Just, I, know. I, I was like our dr. Debbie wrote this <laughs> so smart. You know, a colleague of mine had said that, you know, yeah, I'm reading this book and I feel like you're just talking to me. And um, it, that is truly kind of how I approached it is, is really, you know, what am I going to tell my friends? You know, how would I tell my friend who's thinking of getting a pug? What are the good and the bad things you got to know? So that's how it is. Now is your chance to talk with Dr. Debbie toll free at one 405 This healthy serving of Animal Radio is brought to you by the Grain-Free Red Barn Naturals Canned Food for Dogs and Cats. Always made in the USA with natural, functional ingredients to support your pet's optimal health. You can learn more over at RedBarnInc.com. Thanks, Red Barn, for underwriting Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Hi, everybody. This is Deborah Wilson from Mad TV, and you're listening to Animal Radio. And as my friends would say, And 
now an Animal Radio News Brief. I'm Stacy Cohen for Animal Radio. An American Airlines flight attendant from New York taking legal action to clear her name after being accused of, ready for this one, hiding rats in her underwear and then sneaking them onto the plane. The New York Post says that Luann Gambitista has filed a lawsuit seeking unspecified damages, claiming the accusations have left her with debilitating anxiety and created other issues that made it nearly impossible for her to show up for work. Her problems began last year when one of her co-workers allegedly noticed an unusual bulge in her pocket. Hmm. American Airlines says they will respond to the claims in court. Is that a rat in your pocket, or are you just happy to see me? I know, that was too easy, right? Well, who the heck is going to stuff a rat in their pocket? That's insane. I'm Stacy Cohen. Get more animal breaking news at animalradio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Brief. Get more at animalradio.pet. Hey, everybody, this is Brett Michaels, and I just want to say you, right now, want to take, wait, give me the line again. My brain skipped. Uh, Brett Michaels. And, I just had one of my brain hemorrhage brain farts. Oh, Go don't ahead. do that. Say don't that do that. I don't want to be responsible for that. Trust me, it's me. Go okay. ahead. Animal radio. Brett Michaels and animal radio. You got it. I knew the animal radio. Like, okay, here we go. Hey, this is Brett Michaels. You're listening to animal radio and take care of your pets. They will rock your world. Do you travel with your dog? Of course. My pets are part of our family. Me too. I take Daisy with me everywhere. Right, Daisy? So how do you find out what hotels welcome your dog? I read Fido Friendly, the travel and lifestyle magazine for you and your dog. Sounds perfect for planning our next vacation. Right, Daisy? It is. Their motto is leave no dog behind, and they have great hotel and destination reviews. Where can I find the magazine? Go online to FidoFriendly.com. I will for sure. Come on, Daisy. We're off to find our next adventure. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. (laughs) Is that your dog? Yeah. Coughing? Yeah. It's not coughing. He's got hypoplastic trachea, so he just doesn't get enough air. All the time, huh? Right, yeah. Um, When we had him at the vet and they x-rayed him, they, he said it's his trachea is smaller around than that big pen that I was holding at the time. Well, so Jeez. how does that happen? Is it is it just is, birth defect? Yep, genetic. Is it because people are breeding these dogs, or is it just a yep. luck of the draw? He came. The people who surrendered him to the rescue said that they had got him from an Amish puppy mill, um, which are pretty common in some areas on the East Coast mm-hmm. um, and Midwest. But they said that they took him to a vet, and I did see his vet records, and they said that um, the vet told them, I'm not sure about this, but they said that the vet told him that he wouldn't live a year. And um, he's now going to be five in February. Wow. So, is, is there surgery yeah. to fix that, or is it just I mean, he's got to uh, live there, with it? He's also got an elongated palate, which is very common in bulldogs. Okay. But... Um, the thing I know, so he's got this elongated palate and he's got this very narrow windpipe or trachea. And so it makes it very difficult for him to swallow things and for, uh, you know, which will get caught in the elongated palate because it kind of uh, crinkles up because it's too long. So that's what he's coughing about there. It, it's a mess. It, it's it's really sad and, and extremely unfortunate. But because it was a, a puppy mill, they probably didn't care what they were breeding Right. And it's definitely something that should not. I mean, if you have a dog that produces 
um, dogs with these kind of diseases than conditions shouldn't happen. What's his outlook? Is it like most dogs? He doesn't realize it doesn't care. He's still a happy guy. Yes, that's exactly right, Judy. He's wonderful. Yep. He's he's very, very <laughs> sweet. And you just have to learn, you know, I'm, I was a hospice nurse. I, you have to learn how to care for him. And and he does great. He's, he's spoon-fed four times a day. Jeez, that's a lot yeah. of work. Uh, not, you know, I guess it's just like if you, you know, had kids. Yeah, <laughs> but this is forever. <laughs> Yeah, well, kids are forever. Well, yeah, but they eventually, most of them learn how to feed themselves. Will feed themselves, right. Although there are a few. Yeah, if you're lucky. <laughs> uh, so the lesson here is to not patronize the uh, the puppy mills, of course, and especially the Amish puppy mills, which I can say because no one's listening in Amish land. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, any puppy mill is bad. When you go to look for a dog, um, if you're going to buy a puppy... You absolutely, more than anything, you want to say, I would like to see the mother and the father of this puppy. Ooh. A lot of times they won't have the father, and that's because they've had, um, you know, a stud. semen that has been flown in from somewhere yeah. else to impregnate the dog, the, the mother. But the mother will have to be there on that property in most cases. And if you, if they will not let you see the mother, and at least that'll allow you to assess her her temperament and everything, if they won't let you see the mother, that's a pretty good clue that this is not a legit, um, you know, breeder and that it, it probably came from a puppy mill. Yeah, and you also want to see the facility that they came from, that the mother lives in and, and how they're treated and taken care of. Right. Uh, I have a friend whose sister bought a Labrador puppy, or rather, excuse me, a Golden Retriever puppy. And it was really disconnected, she thought. They actually went out to a garage in, I think it was Virginia, and um, there were several puppies out there in the garage. And they, um, they, they picked one, and they said, no, that one's already taken. They picked another. And the last one, like the runt, and poor runts, huh? <laughs> um, but the one that they picked, they said, uh, no, oh, she's available. But they had um, a lot of problems with her but because she wasn't with her mother long enough, and she wasn't, you know... She was out in the garage, and they said it was freezing cold, and the mother wasn't even there with her. Jeez. Yeah. Another could, red flag is when they won't let you meet them at the premises. They want to meet in a parking lot somewhere. That's exactly what happened. I'm glad you brought that up. That is exactly what happened in their case. Mm. They had a separate, like, kennel uh, mm-hmm. on some different property. Then they just had these puppies in their garage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Red flag. Another red flag, Craigslist. There's nothing. Yeah. <laughs> nothing good comes off a of Craigslist. Anywhere, anytime. Well, you know what we do in in rescue a lot with Bulldog Rescue, I know, is we will get dogs off of Craigslist, and I I can't even tell you how many of them are dogs that are used in breeding operations, Mm. in in very poor backyard breeder uh, operations. But we'll we'll buy them for a minimal amount, rehab them, and rehome them. See, you're doing it for a different reason. People that are, you know, you don't want to buy a dog for yourself off Craigslist that you don't have any clue what's going on, where it came from. So, but what you do well, is you take these one... poor dogs that are, you know, look, they're going to do something with them if you don't take them. Right. Um, one of the the most recent ones that we got, this, this dog is two, and I swear to you, she has nipples that are probably... Uh, three inches long. I, I have no idea how that happened. And she's had 
um, several litters already. Mm-hmm. But um, the the guy who said, you know, here, I'll, I'll give her to you for X amount of money. And he said, and, and if you want a breeder, I've got a stud in the backyard. Oh, uh, no, we're taking her because we would like to get her out of this situation. Exactly. Oh, right. people like, I can't believe in this day and age people are still that clueless. You know what? There, there are people that we're into it. You know, this is our job. We're mm-hmm. constantly around the animals. There are people that uh, aren't, and they may not know that you can get specific breeds through breed rescues and breed shelters. You can save a life instead of uh, right. creating what ultimately may be an animal with behavior problems and other issues. I think people are just more aware now. We have, I mean, it's just a different culture. We have millennials who are changing the world as we look at pets. It's because of them that the pet business is really, not pet business, the, the whole retail pet industry is just exploding. Because, in fact, I've got a story coming up about that, how um, they're preferring pets over children. Uh, so you have a story about that coming up? I do. That's my dog, Annie. She's healthy now, but recently she broke her leg and I had to rush her to the vet. Thankfully, she's protected by Embrace Pet Insurance. They covered her surgery and reimbursed the claim quickly. Embrace offers one simple plan for unexpected accidents and illnesses that you can personalize to fit your budget. To learn more, visit EmbracePetInsurance.com to get a free quote. Policies underwritten by a licensed insurer of American Modern Insurance Group. Coverage subject to policy terms and conditions. Visit EmbracePetInsurance.com for coverage details. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Lori Brooks. A new study shows that as a whole, millennials are not really interested in having children, human children, and the researchers are blaming it on their love of pets. The study claims that millennials are less likely to become parents of human children because they are instead focusing on animals, pets. Apparently, 44% of millennials are unsure if they want to have children, but their rate of pet ownership continues to soar. 71% of men and 62% of women between the ages of of 18 and 34 own a dog, while nearly 50% of men and 35% of women have a cat. And according to the study, pets are acting as a substitute for children of millennials, which uh, this, they say, is suspected to be a side effect of the fact that this generation is half as likely to be married than the generations preceding it. So think about it. You can have a pet, right, even if you're not ready to live with someone, commit your life to someone else, or get married, you know, and they also, pets provide great companionship. Millennials are also getting their pets younger than baby boomers did. The average age for a millennial to get a pet is 21. Boomers waited until they were 29. A judge in Missouri has ordered a convicted deer poacher to watch Bambi. Yes, you heard that right. At least once a month during the next year, which he is spending in jail. The man is actually one of four family members implicated in a three-year hunting operation that officials say resulted in the deaths of hundreds of deer. The prosecutor said the family mainly stalked their prey at nighttime, killing the deer and taking their heads and antlers, but they abandoned the carcasses and left them there. The state's uh, Department of Conservation called it a thrill-and-kill sport for those men. By the way, the one-year G 
jail sentence was initially suspended in favor of two years probation, so the guy got lucky. But that guy who now has to watch Bambi, he quickly had violated the terms of that probation, which led the judge to reinstate the original one-year sentence with that additional Bambi twist to it. (laughs) You go. I love it. How can you make somebody watch a movie? I mean, Well, you put them in prison. Make him watch a make movie. Him, make him convict. Yeah, know, I guess he has to actually... visit the place, the facility once a month to sit there and watch the movie. Well, what was the original? No, he's, he's in jail. He's in jail. Oh, he's the original. So in, oh, he's in jail. In jail. Right. They, yeah. have to, they have to play it for him once a month, and he's got to watch it. Maybe they'll give him a test on it. I'm not sure <laughs> what that's supposed to do, though. <laughs> I mean, that's... Have s- sympathy for the bear, for the uh, There for are Bambi. a lot of Bambi. follow-up cases. Yes. There are a lot of follow-up cases to these kind of sentences that say, you know, that's cruel and unusual punishment, or it's like the judge flouting the law. But um, it, it's it's standing so far, so we'll we'll have more if it changes. Now, women of all ages love leggings, right? I can't be the only one. No, you're so not. You had to know that this was coming. Leggings for your dog. Um, apparently, from the mostly millennials who are into this uh, say they can be a game changer when it comes to keeping dogs clean. So one well-known brand of dog leggings is called Walkie Paws, W-A-L-K-E-E Paws. And they actually cover your dog's legs and their feet. And then they, they kind of clip together across their back so they stay put, they can't come off. The part that covers the feet, they say, is like a, a rubber-soled booty which gives them traction and also keeps maybe chemical-sensitive paws clean and and dry, too. The woman who invented walkie paws says the company is even considering making matching sets of human and dog leggings in the near future. Okay, I didn't know that was coming. I'm getting her on the show. Sorry, guys. (laughs) I got got to talk to this woman. Um, Maybe she'll send me a sample to try on... I don't have a girl bulldog at the moment, but um, I'm sure there'll be a foster coming by soon. So, Why does it have to be it. a girl? <laughs> um, that's a good point because I guess I'm a woman, and so I thought, you know, it's just mo- I don't see a lot of guys wearing leggings. Do you? Oh, you uh, have. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Joey when we need him, right? Yeah. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at animalradio.com. Joey, what kind of leggings do you wear? This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Hey, Tracy. Uh-huh? Welcome to the show. Thank you. I have Dr. Debbie right here. What's going on? Oh, just wondering about my dog. Tell us. All Tell right. us more. Um, well, I've got a... Um, he's getting ready to turn... Well, he's eight months old. Okay. Right turned nine months old. Um, he was in the veterinarian getting neutering, and we kept him there to get um, we kept him there to get um, kind of mended up so we wouldn't have to confine him. Okay. He's a he's a, he's a blue nose pit bull, and I just wondered um, while he was there, he had broken his leg, his back leg, left leg, and I oh, just dear. wondered if they had to put two pins okay. in his leg. And they're going to be there for the rest of his life. Will, will he eventually get um, arthritis in that? Well, I'm a little intrigued. What, is, what happened to him as far as with the leg? Um, we really don't know. They had him out on a dog run. 
Oh, okay. Well, dogs will be dogs. Sometimes things happen, definitely. Now, do you know what area of the leg that the the fracture occurred? I'm sorry? Do you know what area in his leg, in the thigh bone, um, yeah, in, yeah, the shin in the bone? Uh-huh, in the thigh. Okay. And as far as, um, was it something that the bone popped through the skin, or was it just kind of, it's underneath the skin? It didn't... It was underneath the skin. They said that them type of dogs get that. Like, they can break them really easy if they jump. Okay. All righty. Well, um, a lot depends on the outcome with fractures, depending on where the fracture is located and, um, you know, definitely things like age um, are to your dog's benefit. Young dogs definitely have a, a better time healing with fractures. And if they got good pin placement and that went in there and put things back in alignment pretty well, um, if we could keep them quiet, uh, that's also the big thing of postoperatively is really no matter how good they put pins in and fix a, a broken leg, um, the home care is probably three quarters of the importance in making sure that he gets a good healing and a useful uh, leg there. So um, if if they got good placement and they felt good about those x-rays and there's no invasion into the, the joint area, then I would say I'd have every uh, reasonable expectation that leg will heal um, well. But that being said, you know, obviously something, uh, you've got a pretty active guy on your hands there, so I would make sure we work really hard at keeping his activity post-operatively um, under control. So we want to limit jumping, uh, make sure that he's not running around like a crazy man. Uh, sometimes we'll use tranquilizers even to help kind of facilitate that if we got a really rambunctious fella. Right. Um, well, they try, you know, they tried that, but ever since he's been home, he's actually got his appetite back. And um, But, yeah, he, he is very active, but um, we've just been trying to keep him down and, you know, low-key. So I just yeah. was wondering if he'll get arthritis in that when he gets older. Well, if it's in the middle of the bone, not likely. It's really if it gets close, if the fracture site is close to where uh, any of the joints are, then we might have a little bit more concern with that. Um, but if he heals up fine and uh, there's no reason to remove those uh, pins uh, unless there's a problem or some kind of infection down the road. So he gets to keep that hardware as a little remembrance of his uh, injury. So hopefully all, all sounds like it should turn out well on your end there. And uh, poor little guy, my goodness. And blue nose pits are so adorable. Yes, they are is. some of the best looking pits out there, I gotta say. Thank <laughs> you. Yes, he's very cute. He's, he's laying down right now while he, he's open his eyes because he knows I'm talking about him. <laughs> uh, well, tell him Doc says to take it easy, heal up, and don't get into trouble with that leg anymore. Okay. Thank you so much for your call, Tracy, and okay. uh, hope all is on the mend there soon. This is Dr. Debbie with Animal Radio. We're here at 1 866 405 8405. Hi, it's Alan Cable with another dog tip. You're not going to believe what happened to me. I got bit by a dog yesterday in the park. Yeah. I'm just minding my own business, running. This lady's coming at me with two dogs, no leash. I run by, the dog sneaks up behind me, jumps up on my forearm, takes a nice chunk out of there. And she still doesn't put the dog on a leash. Joke's on the dog, though. He's going to get sick from me. I don't know what was up with this woman after the dog had his way with my arm. She still didn't put him on a leash. There were two of them, and just like a pack, one circled behind me to try to attack from there, while the bigger one confronted me in the front. Now, the woman was just yelling and screaming. Dogs are not paying any attention to her, because they 
they're fraught with anxiety and fear. So what conclusions would you get from this? Well, first of all, the dogs are not socialized at all. They're not used to being around people. And when they get around people that they don't know, they become aggressive. They think that they have to protect their pack, which of course is the woman. Dogs like this should never be allowed off leash, especially in a park. It could have just as easily been a kid on a bicycle or a woman with a baby carriage. Now, it's not the dog's fault. It's the owner's fault. Please, if you're going to get a dog, it's your responsibility to educate yourself and find out what they need to be happy, well-adjusted animals and how to give it to them. It's only fair. You don't want to lock your dogs away from people because they're unpredictable and may bite. If you're thinking of getting a dog, write this down. Socialization, structure, exercise, and affection. These are the four basic needs that dogs have besides food. If you get a puppy, bring the dog around as many kids and people as possible. Other dogs, too. If you get an older dog, you should be doing the same thing unless that dog is filled with anxiety and fear like this woman's was. In that case, you're going to need some help from an experienced animal behavior behaviorist who can show you how to socialize the dog and it's going to take a little work confidence and patience on your part but with a professional a commitment from you consistent fair leadership and time most dogs can be socialized and changed into happy calm well-adjusted animals the black loud sound dot af1 headsets have a built-in fm receiver with dual dynamic drivers and customizable eq and sound effect settings they're capable of delivering beautiful sound from rich bass to detailed treble You can always tune directly to any FM radio station for sports, music, weather, and emergency broadcasts without internet access. Visit www.blackloud.com, create your account, and order sound.af1 by inputting the radio station code to get the special 10% off discount. Get 10% off sound.af with promo code ANIMALRADIO. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at animalradio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It is Animal Radio. Celebrating the connection with our pets. You can ask your questions toll-free at 1-866-405-8405. You have probably a lot of questions in particular, we're looking about the questions about your dogs and cats and flamingos and ferrets and horses and birds. You know, there's some lizards. Dr. Debbie's well-versed in that area, too. Oh, yeah, lots of reptiles. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we'll go back to those phones in just a couple of seconds. But we have to check in with Gideon Kidd. We, uh, we interviewed him in June. You may remember last June, he was on his way to petting a million dogs. He was mm-hmm. at about 360 at the time. And I told him we'd check in to find out where he is now. And he's joining us. Hi, Gideon. How are you? Good. So the last time we spoke, you had pet about four to 500 dogs, almost 400 dogs. And you're on your way to a million. So where are we now? Um, 715. 715. That's, you've doubled. That's a lot of dogs there. Yeah. How did you pet so many? Did you have to leave your hometown? Did you do some traveling? Um, not much, no. So is your mom still driving you around looking for dogs? You two would go around uh, hunting for dogs and she would stop the car and you'd get out and pet the dogs? Yep. We normally just do the same routine, go in the car, drive around, find a dog, park it out and ask them. We can put them on our website. Well, my, you know. Has anybody turned you down yet? Um. Actually, yes. Really? Yeah. Why? Um, I don't really know. Sometimes it's just, it's kind of weird because it looks like we're stalking them. Because we have to, like, <laughs> circle around. And 
and like see and ask uh, um, ourselves, do we have that dog? That dog is adorable and stuff like that. And so when we finally park and get out, they are looking really nervous and like kind of scared sometimes. And I've had um, weird, weird, weird excuses. Like um, one person said um, to us, um, what was it? Oh yeah, um, when I we parked and got out and said, could I pet your dog? He said, he's going to the bathroom right now. Can't you see? And so yeah. Well, that wasn't very nice of him to say that, was it? Yeah. Do a lot of people know who you are in town now? Um, I guess not that many, but um. Probably enough, yeah. No, only it sometimes happens when I get out and ask to pet their dog, do they know me? Now, you have a dog at home named Walter, right? Yep, and I'm actually petting him right now. Oh, good. He gets he gets the special petting there, doesn't he? Good. I'm glad you're not tired yep. of petting dogs and, you know, poor Walter gets yeah. left out. Does he get jealous? Yeah. Um, actually, no. He It's like he does not smell the um, smells of other dogs. Well, I'm glad he doesn't care. Now, have you ever thought about bringing home another dog for Walter? Um, not really. I'd love another dog. That would be amazing. <laughs> but, yeah. You're going to get him in trouble, Hal. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. I, I don't want I don't want to do that. How many followers do you have now on Twitter? Um, one, 100, um, 67,000. 167,000. Wow. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty amazing. And not only do you have um, Walter, but you also have cats at home and gerbils. Yep, two gerbils. Yep, I have three cats. Stamie, Cherry, Fred. Actually, oh no, um, just two. One dot passed away. Oh, Um, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. What about? Okay. You also have a Venus flytrap. Um, actually, no. That one passed away. They're really hard to take care of. They are very hard to take care of. You got to feed them? Actually, um, I think you just, like, let them outside, and the bugs will come to them. The bugs will come to them. Hmm. I think so, yeah. Somehow. I don't know. Well, and they, they're they really hard to take care of because they need over four hours of sunlight. Wow. That's a lot of Every sunlight. Every day? Every day. Wow. Yeah. Did it ever bite you? Um, no. Never did that. See, my (laughs) mind would eat me. Okay, so I'm going to tell listeners to go over to your website and learn more about you. The website is ivepetthatdog.com, and we'll put links to everything you've heard on today's show over at animalradio.pat. And, of course, check Gideon out on Twitter. And if you happen to be in town, where, where do you live? What town do you live in? Cedar Falls, Iowa. If you happen to be through Cedar Falls, Iowa with your dog, you want to get in touch with Gideon and get your dog petted, by what is, in my mind, the foremost dog petter in the world. Uh, he's I mean, an expert dog petter. You are. You must be very experienced now as a dog petter. Yeah. Have you ever been bit? No. Good. That's good. I have. <laughs> I got to learn from you how to pet a dog. How do you pet a dog? Well, um, well, first, of course, you ask his, his or his caregivers and his or her, and then you put... Your palm out, come up slowly, not just like, you don't never do, just like run up to the dog, pet it all over, like, oh, but no. You just walk slowly, put your palm out, and let normally let the dog come to you, or slowly come to it. 
Good advice. I love that advice. Yes. Well, Gideon, thank you so much for spending time with us. Can we call you in another six months? Of course. Oh, good. You're, are you 10 years old now? Yep. Uh, how old will you be in six months? Still 10? Um, still 10. Still 10. You know, when I look back on my life, 10 was the big year for me. That was the highlight of my life. So I hope yeah. it is for you too, okay? Uh-huh. Okay. Gideon, thanks so much. We'll call you in about six months. Deal. Bye now. Bye-bye. Uh, isn't that adorable? He is so cute. Oh, God. He's so cute. Oh. <laughs> it's time for us to get on out of here and go walk our animals. If you need your fix during the week, head on over to animalradio.pet or download the free Animal Radio app. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This is Animal Radio Network. Network.